news on media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. It's now time to hear Jacob's coming out story. Jacob identifies as being non-binary, so they don't identify with being male or female. Well, I officially came out to myself last year in about, oh, September time. I came out in my own head. It took me until now, so well over a year, to actually come out to my family and most of my friends from back home. Okay, so what was the process in your head, first of all, then? It was very much discovering what I had always sort of known but never been able to put a label to it, which is why I'm quite fond of labels because before I I found the term I didn't understand any of the things that I was experiencing like going to the toilet for example I hated going to the toilet in public going to the men's was like my worst nightmare everyone told me it was because I was shy and whatever but I never quite felt it was because of that but now that I look back on that I'm like that's why it's Mm. because I don't feel like either Male or female. Okay, so how do you define yourself? I define as non-binary or Mm -hmm. genderqueer, whichever anybody prefers. Well, which do you prefer? I prefer non-binary, to be fair. Mm. But I do sometimes use genderqueer if some people are a bit like, what's Mm. non-binary? So for a lot of people, it is to them a newish term. I know it isn't a new thing, but, you know, it it does seem that it's fairly new, doesn't it? Does it seem like that to you? Definitely. Like, the amount of people that I come across who I'm the first non-binary person they actually know is quite, like, really? I I thought there would be more people that come into contact with people I know than I expected, but apparently not. I'm Mm. the first in a lot of cases. So I've spoken to other non-binary people who's, and maybe it's it's different, but I've spoken to some people that say that some days they do feel quite male and other days they do feel quite female, but gender they're in the middle. Yeah. Is that the same for you or do you always feel sort of slap bang in the middle of gender? I Yeah, I feel more slap bang in the middle. Like I do know a lot of people and that's where gender queer sort of comes into things and gender fluid uh, is where you're more fluid. But non-binary for me is my term to be in the middle that is how I identify all of the time Mm. I never feel male I never really feel female I'm just here in the middle has that been confusing for you then on my way to figuring it out it was very Mm. confusing because I didn't understand like what I was feeling and when you bring sexuality into that as well it's a whole other board game because Mm. you're like I don't identify as male or female whereas homosexuals are attracted to people of the same gender. So how does that work? That's something for another day. (laughs) Well, um, maybe it's something for today because I think people will be interested. So if you are non-binary, how do you define your sexuality then? I mean, the stuff that I've researched so far, and I'm still discovering things about sexuality because I'm very Mm. much interested in how it all links together. But um, for me, I've found that I'm quite... I lean towards attraction towards men and males Mm. but also male presenting people Mm. so the term for that is androsexual okay um which just means attracted to men or male presenting people or trans men or any men basically masculinity you are attracted to masculinity over femininity okay but you Um, are non-binary yes okay so do you prefer to be called you don't want to be called he or she it's they or them yeah they them okay do you find that's quite hard to educate people do you you forever getting misgendered 
yeah, it happened today. I went to counselling today for the first time and mm. I was too scared to actually tell the counsellor. It's one of those things. It's like I still can't bring it up with my GP because I just don't know if they'll get it. And that's scary. It's a really scary thing to think, should I? Because I really want to. But my heart's just like, I can't I can't bring myself to explain this again. So um, a lot of the time I end up not doing it because I'm just working one step at a time. Like my mom's really trying at the moment and we've got to think about grandparents eventually. But It does feel at the moment that it is the younger generation teaching older generations about non-binary and about gender fluidity. Yeah. So how was that conversation with your parents then? Was that tough? That was really tough, especially after what my mum said about two years before I came out as non-binary to her. Mm. Um, I went on a young campaigners thing with Stonewall and I came back and she asked me about um, how many boys and girls were there. And I was like, well, there's a mix of people, some of them non-binary, some of them. And she was like, oh, you can't change the world in one day. You've got to be like this, 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 just that's how it's always been. And I just sort of stayed quiet because I was like really new to the concept oh. being 18 or 17 when I was doing that. Mm. I was just like, ah. And then two years down the line, here I am and I've come out to her. Um, I didn't do it like I, I had to plan it. It wasn't just a, a coming out. It was a proper planned. I had articles ready that I thought that she would really understand. Mm. And I sent her an email and I had these articles and she responded and she said she's going to read them. And she read them and she really she really clicked with the articles. They really worded it better than I ever could in person. So you emailed your mum? I, yeah, I and came you, out by email. And so why did you make that decision to email rather than... Email with attachment, sorry, <laughs> rather than having a face-to-face conversation or phone call? Oh, I just... It was a really difficult decision to decide to email because I really wanted to do it in person, but at the same time, I didn't feel I could do myself justice by just doing it in person. I feel like I would have got too defensive or things would have got confrontational. I I was probably blowing it out of proportion in my head, but I just needed to know that she was okay with it. And I thought letting her read it and then read the articles before talking to me was going to be a lot better because of how new the concept is to her Mm. um, because she's never really come across it. I mean, I've talked about it a few times in the months leading up to me moving out and joining the Salford University. But until then, it's still quite a new concept for her. But it's still a new concept for a lot of people, isn't it? I mean, generally speaking, most people I've spoken to this podcast have come out as gay and that's like a concept that is as old as time and people get it. And I'm sure non-binary people have been around since the beginning of time. Yeah. And in fact, there is more evidence of people being non-binary in certain cultures, I think, aren't there? There are, um, yeah. Indigenous American Indians, for example. But I don't think it's something that people understand. So I feel like, do you feel like you've got to educate everyone you meet yeah i do feel like i i should be the the walking bank of all knowledge about non-binary things ever because Mm. that's what people expect they're like well you identify as it tell me and i'm like it's a very personal thing Mm. it's such a personal thing to the individual like me being non-binary is going to be different to every other non-binary person who identifies as non-binary because it's it's not as simple as just identifying not as male or female, but that is the very basics of it. Mm. And you always felt like that, do you think? 
yeah, I've I've definitely like looking back at my childhood and everything about me as mm. a person just points to non-binary like absolutely everything from mm. absolutely despising the men's clothes sections whenever I went to shopping and stuff like it just like that act because I, I I don't mind dressing more masculine now on days occasionally but back then I think I just saw it as dressing feminine was a way to sort of defy what I was being perceived as Hmm. So how how do you approach clothes shopping now? I just go with what I think looks nice. <laughs> that's that tends to be my rule. I'll just see something and go yes. And you want quite an androgynous look. You, just, yeah. you want sort of to be a bit of both. Yeah, I quite like that, and I quite like flowy things. So ponchos and capes and all sorts. You do love a poncho. I do love a poncho. <laughs> it's my brand. I love it. But you mentioned going to the toilet before, so yes. public toilets must be a bit of a headache for oh, you. What, that's such what, a headache. What, what do you find yourself doing? Uh, there's, there's lots of different ways that I've learned to cope with public toilets. Sometimes it's a case of thinking to myself, how do I pass today? Because some mm. days I might be way more feminine and some days I may be way more masculine. I'm like, how am I going to pass? Because I need to go to the toilet. Mm. Um, and it's a really, di- like, it really makes, really panics me just looking at the two options. Mm. I mean, like, it, it's like some people would just see it as just like, I'll oh, just go in whatever. But it's it's more than that. It's like, if anybody's in there who could hurt me, it's like, that's scary. Have you ever uh, had any problems? Not before, No. Thank goodness. But I've had a few instances where I've heard people come into toilets and then just stayed in like a cubicle and waited for them to leave just in case. It's difficult. Yeah. And I mean, the the best, the bit of advice I always give to my friends who are non-binary is get a radar key because they give you access to the disabled toilets, which kind of suggests that we're disabled, but we're not. But it's a definite sort of way around that because disabled toilets are gender neutral. Mm. And so you can sort of get away with that a little bit easier than going into either male or female, depending on how you think is safest to go in. Mm. And how's your mum now? Now she's read the emails and digested the articles? She's definitely getting there. I mean, this is quite a fresh coming out. I came out about four weeks ago now. Oh, right. This is really this hot is off the press. Really, yeah, really hot off the press. Okay. Um, she's really trying and she, I've already asked her if I can like correct her if she misgenders me and she's fine mm. with that. And she's started using my name and my pronouns in text to other people more. And so gen- generally it's been a really positive response from her because she's really trying and that means so much to me and I know to a lot of non-binary people just seeing mm. people try is so much and to be honest, four weeks isn't a long period of time. I've, <laughs> I've you know, spoken to people whose parents took a lot longer than yeah. four weeks to cope or understand even homosexuality, let alone you know, gender issues like non-binary. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it kind of helped that I planned it around the time of Butterfly on ITV. Did you do that on purpose? I did. I saw Butterfly before it was released at a pre-screening. Hmm. And I was like, this is definitely the sort of programme my mum would relate to. So if I come out at the same time she'll be watching this and seeing mm. how positive support can be okay so, so if you haven't watched it by the way butterfly was a three-part drama on itv in october 2018 starring anna Friel. Yeah. so do look it up you recommend it then i yeah. really recommend it i think it really it addresses everything really well trans and non-binary mm, it's about um, an 11 year old trans girl essentially yes. isn't it 
Yeah, yeah lovely Maxine. Okay, so have you had to come out to any other family members or friends or colleagues? or? I mean, I, I sort of came to uni almost planning to be like I'm non-binary from day dot, mm. which is what I've done. I've I've put it on all the forms and everything. And so I, it's still mu- very much a coming out experience because a lot of people don't understand it and the amount of people that sort of don't like it as a concept either they're really like they're really quite mean to me about it and yeah just just like things like saying so so what what's between your legs is a really common one people like to say and what do you say back to them uh i (laughs) i'm not defined by (laughs) not defined by my genital yeah it's it's just quite yeah it it really makes me anxious to just exist and that that that's really tough when you're anxious to exist mm. as yourself and you mentioned forms there i mean that's a big yeah. contention point isn't it for non-binary people you, most it forms it's male or female isn't it it's let's be honest male or female or prefer not to say yeah which is a really odd option it's like because you would like to say and you would very much like to and say and you're proud of being non-binary yeah luckily i have a friend who's studied law and she told me that um titles aren't legally binding so i can use mx instead of mm. mr or mrs would you like to see us follow certain other countries in the world that have gender neutral pass- passports i would absolutely love that mm. I, would, I would be first in line would you i would love that so much yeah. it would make me so happy well what advice would you give to other young people then who have been thinking Do you know what i don't fit into the the gender binary i think i'm somewhere in between what what advice would you give to them people going through that thought process i would say do what feels right for you at the time and it's okay to feel different later down the line i mean Mm. gender's fluid we already know this much and it can change as time goes on and don't be scared of all the hate that there is in the world because there is a heck of a lot of hate. Mm. But there is always people around that are here to support you and who are wonderful human beings and they are the best people to talk to. They'll always be here to support you. And there are lots of us in the same boat and together we can all make like a big, massive body of people to mm. just exist happily together. Oh, did you find any organisations that were particularly helpful for being non-binary? The only one that I really found was Mermaids, to be fair, which is the mm. trans and non-binary mm. um, charity in the UK. There aren't that many that I've come across, to be fair, that aren't Tumblr accounts. Right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Tumblr accounts, relatable AF, but yeah. <laughs> only going to get you so far, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, but I, I've actually, like, I've been planning in my head for a while now that I want to make some resources of my own. Because it's like, have you have you seen the gender-bred person? It's a concept. Instead of a gingerbread man? Yeah, the mm. gender-bred mm-hmm. person is, um, I think a charity developed it. And it shows you the difference between gender expression, gender identity, genitalia, and sexual orientation, which are ah. like the four things so i could be dressed like really feminine but i'm still non-binary so that's my gender expression for the day would be feminine and my gender would still be non-binary and then my genitalia is my genitalia and then my sexual orientation is who i choose to have sex with if at all that's it and 
a resource like that is quite helpful, isn't it, for people that just don't get the concept? It's a really good resource, and mm. they're constantly developing it. I was in a workshop the other day that was um, looking at making a third version of it because the other ones are very limiting on what they actually show because they're like they're they're still quite binary locked still, mm. which is a, a trap a lot of a lot of people fall into. Even like just like even really good allies can still fall into the trap of he she mm. or ladies and gentlemen and stuff like mm. that. Because it's like, wow, cool, I don't exist. <laughs> it's quite sad. That's a very good point, isn't it? We're going to yeah. have to really all adjust our language, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. It's a long process, but I think we're getting there. We're getting slowly. I mean, the world we live in isn't great at the moment, but I hope I hope we can have some sort of positivity towards us as people eventually, because we're just people. <laughs> Beautifully said and wonderful way to end. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And loving the ponchos. Oh, I I love them too. I'm (laughs) glad you do. Thank you so much to Jacob for speaking so openly, especially considering it was only four weeks since the day they came out to their family. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell. And Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. Next time on Coming Out Stories, you'll hear from singer-songwriter Lucy Spraggan. She told me how she's never really been in. And until the age of 10, she had a different name. I was called Max until I was about 10. I was a little boy. I had a shaved head, a wall box of shorts. Yeah, I was just Max. My family called me Max. Everyone at school called me Max. I have a picture of me. I was quite a cute little boy.